0: queering things the supernatural podcast where Bert and Ernie are gay
1: yep
0: today we are pulling up to season five episode three free to be you and me I'm your host August my pronouns are they them and joining me today
1: I'm Noah pronouns he him
0: I'm Elena pronouns she they and today we have a very special new guest with us. Pluto, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experiences with Supernatural and the Supernatural fandom? Um, okay. Hi, I'm Pluto. My um,
2: mm-hmm. pronouns are she, they. I have essentially been in the Supernatural fandom since like 2012. I did take like mm-hmm. a, what, like, it was a two year break. I think because like that's when I was entirely removed from the fandom. I did stop watching after like three episodes into season 12, but I was still kind of like, I still knew what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because like I knew stuff that happened in season 13 that I like, because I just put like, read stuff on Tumblr. I always intended to keep catch up. And then I was like, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I came back. I'm a returnee from the the night of November 5th, 2020. And it's been kind of weird to like reintegrate into the fandom as a veteran of the Dusty L Wars of 2013 yep. to 2017 and like mm, see yes. how, like what is the same and like what is different, especially because like my first time in the fandom, it was primarily on Tumblr because like Supernatural Twitter didn't really exist at the time. Yeah, that's no, uh, no. similar but to what mean. Now I'm primarily on Twitter and TikTok. TikTok is really, really got, back into the fandom and kind of became known. Um there's air quotes there. Um <laughs> so it's been really fun and interesting and like it is also odd because it's the first time I'm someone who is known in the fandom. So that's been an interesting
3: experience. So now um, people
1: can be like, wow, you heard about Pluto. It's messed up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I heard we were having someone named Pluto on and I knew I had to make it that psych joke. So I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's <laughs> It's funny because that is a bit like Elena, like recognized my Twitter handle. Like that is something that like happens and sometimes it's positive and other times it's like, oh, that bitch. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk? Do you want to share a, a tiny bit of, of what what you're known for in the fandom like right now? With that, hey, well I started on TikTok basically like just getting
2: back into Destiel fanfic and so of course I like you. not to sound conceited helped build the Destiel fanfic community on TikTok. Um
0: oh no you absolutely did. You were one of the or, like TikTokers I followed pretty early on in my TikTok experience that was talking about Destiel fic. So you can take credit for that. All right, I'm going to take
2: credit for that. Mm-hmm. So and then that kind of like translated into me because I, um, I since my first like real, real fandom was Supernatural, like I've been engaging in queerbait discourse since I was in high school. And it's something that like didn't stop once I left the fandom, which I don't think people necessarily understand about me is that like, even though like I haven't. I wasn't in the fandom for a time like that doesn't mean I stopped engaging in this discourse just took like was with a different shit but um that's kind of where I am now is like queerbait stuff my name on Twitter is like queerbait scholar and like that's
0: not like it is a joke but also it's not like it's something you've done a lot of research into and that you understand really thoroughly yeah I can talk about yeah I'm
2: very interested in it and like I do know a lot about it um More so than the average person, (laughs) put that lightly. (laughs) And so I do talk about that a lot. And I try to like so something I've always kind of like prided myself in, in like my academic work is that I think I have a very like specific, like unique tone and like voice in my writing where I think like it's approachable to people who aren't in those spheres. Like I've posted a couple of the essays I wrote for like my children's lit seminar, which was like basically ended up being like my undergraduate thesis. And like, even people who had no fucking idea what I was talking about in like my cinder essay said that like they understood it and thought it was entertaining. So like I try and do that with like queer bait stuff. Um, Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Lately I have been on a paratext kick because I'm really interested in them and I think that they are a like a massive missing piece when it comes to queer reading discourse and that like that discourse is something I take seriously because it is a form of queer
0: activism. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what paratext is just for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know that term specifically? Um paratext refers to um like oh my god
2: I'm
1: meanings, blanking.
3: meanings <laughs> that are
1: alluded to above or beyond the printed text yeah i didn't have to look it up so earlier like, or anything don't worry
3: about it um <laughs> so it's like, basically no.
2: that like stuff that like like prequels sequels um video games like um like interviews panels at cons like dvd commentary like and gag reels like stuff like that stuff that is still like in reference to the main text but isn't the main text and they're important to reading like text intertextually which is where you pull from other things to like read a piece of media or read a text so like reading like,
1: between the lines kind
2: of yeah like you're like within this episode we're going to talk about the Thelma and Louise reference that is reading this episode intertextually because that is an outside text but like paratexts are like would be the season five gag reel and what we can glean from the from that to like look at the true context of certain moments and certain scenes and stuff. I'm really into gag reels as paratext. I think they're so interesting because of the season five gag reel and like the season eight gag reel. Like it's very. I have to
3: remind myself sometimes that the gag reels aren't canon because I watch them so frequently yeah. that they feel as much as as much canon as the show itself.
0: Well, and yeah. they do, and because they are paratext, they do have influence on yeah our interpretation of canon. And that's because, really cool. Yeah, because like they're
2: a hybrid product of the marketing side and the production side. So I think there's something that like, yes, fans enjoy. They are meant for fan engagement. But like most paratexts or like all paratexts, they do still carry messaging about mm-hmm. the main text. It may not be uniform messaging across the paratext, but like there is like, there's still messaging there. Like there is yeah. there's a yeah. something that they are trying to convey. So like the season it's
3: like the season 15 one don't even get me started
0: i actually i don't know
2: if
3: i've watched that oh we'll have to have have to a, chat. We'll have to have a conversation no, i definitely here. have
2: watched it but
3: i don't remember it
2: very well because it's not one of the ones that i've like re-watched
3: a million times like season eight like um to use a phrase i used earlier this week when i watched it it sent me into the fucking stratosphere i was not yeah. well okay afterwards.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah and so like I really wish I could get into the season eight one because I think it's a really good example, but I don't want to spoil anything. We'll have
3: you we'll have you
2: yeah. back
0: when we get to season eight. We'll have you back and you can We'll have talk a whole about
3: episode that. about paratext at some point. Okay. That is a great idea. That is I, would, I idea. would enjoy that. That as a person with a film degree and an LGBT studies minor, there is nothing I would enjoy more than a paratext episode. If there's,
2: I think they're so interesting and like I'm glad I like now have this language because like I said I, before mm-hmm. we started recording like a lot of like queerbaiting that happened with like Stucky and the MCU like 9-1-1. that was done paratextually a lot of 911 queerbaiting is done paratextually so it's just I think they're very important in this discourse but also something people don't look at because they just look at the text and that's it and while that is valid like you can look at the text of supernatural and be like yeah (laughs) like it is important to have like a full like it's the queer baiting isn't just this one part of it it's like the text and then it's like fan creator interactions and like Mm -hmm. other texts and like um, it's gay
3: on paper and in the abstract (laughs) yeah
2: um and so like you can listen to certain stories from like con panels and then like about certain scenes like there's a scene in season nine that Jared Padalecki told a story about that was like oh okay <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> I hope people know which one I'm talking about with the room <laughs> and the pictures yep yeah you're like okay follow me on TikTok you can learn more about paratext and queer queerbaiting and Dale fanfic.
0: Yes, Man. we will link. We will put links to all of your social media in the episode description so people can easily find them. But yes, definitely do. <laughs> well, now that you've met all of your hosts for this episode, it is time to catch you up. If you have not watched Supernatural recently, here is what you've missed on the road so far. First up, Noah, you get to recap the show. Woo-hoo. Noah's gonna Do give it. us a recap of where the show has been so far from the beginning to this episode are you ready
1: I'm ready go for it go for it
0: okay three two one go
1: All right, Sam and Dean, brothers who have been hunting every sort of monster that's under the sun. And then in the past year, they've realized that angels are real. Demons have been fighting them this whole time, but angels are way scarier. And they save Dean from hell. He has to stop Sam from starting the apocalypse. He fails in that. And Cass, the angel that brought him back, is becoming more and more in love with him. Sam is following a deeper, darker road and splits away from Dean after they meet up with Ellen and Joe for the first time in fucking forever. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well done thank you well done that yes great so we were talking <laughs> about that when we recorded the other very surface uh, level stuff 502 yesterday
1: yeah okay the, we uh, august texted me call-outs. the day of and was like hey so we're recording 502 tonight and it's a rufus episode and you really like rufus um <clears throat> so if you want to if you want to hop on you can just a heads up And I was busy, so I was like, no, it's okay, no sweat. But I watched the episode that night and texted and was like, oh, okay, you said Rufus episode, not an Ellen and Joe episode, first of all. I wasn't
0: going to give it away. Yeah,
1: No, it was good. It was a good reveal. But
0: Noah's been asking about Ellen and Joe, like, roughly every other episode since Mm. the last time we saw them. Yeah. Yeah. Season Season...
1: three? Season two. Two. Season two.
0: God. (laughs) That's rough.
1: Yeah, but they're... Alive. My
3: reference for you <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Now Pluto is going to recap this week's episode. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I've been only practicing this in my head. I still feel
2: like I'm going to mess it up. Okay, I think. Okay, cool. I think I'm good. Okay, you
3: can do this. We believe in you. Yes. Yeah.
2: Three, two, one, go. In this episode, Sam and Dean are on separate vacations. Sam trying to live a normal
3: life, but we all know how that goes.
2: Um, Dean and Cass take a case and catch themselves a Teenage new Ninja Angel. <laughs> That's what you missed on Glee.
3: <laughs> Amazing. I love you for that so much. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> It's
0: now time for us to pick some music to accompany us in our journey. Here's what we have for this week's episode mixtape. Noah, do you want to start?
1: I would love to. I went with a song called Hallucinogenics by Matt Mason. It's fantastic, kind of haunting song about where he's been and how he has carried on like the wayward son and through and through he has come undone. So <laughs> it kind of really feels about how Dean is feeling about being alone. Right now,
2: mm, that song is actually on my
0: Dusty playlist.
1: Fucking love it! It's such a good song, right? Yeah. Okay,
0: I will be looking it up. It's not one I'm familiar with, so I will be looking it's... it
1: up mm. later. Mm.
0: It's really good. Probably gonna end up on my Dusty playlist. <laughs> as
1: it as it should. The the direct call outs to carry on, Wayward Son is like the, yeah. the driving <laughs> the driving point. It's like okay, that really establishes I
0: listened it.
2: to
3: it. I was like that. Okay, that's going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's already a great song, and then it and then yeah. it does that. Yeah.
3: what's funny though Noah is as you were saying that I almost decided to change my mind and do a joke submission for this one and just have it be on my own from Les Mis but
1: <laughs> you know it's <laughs> also a strong song
3: also
0: a strong song but is, go what is your for real pick then Elena
3: for this week so my for real pick because since it's a, a Dusty L heavy episode you know I had to go to the Heartstopper soundtrack to choose something it's because I'm me you're just working your way so- through that soundtrack on the mix yeah anytime there's Dusty L heavy stuff I'm like okay where's Heartstopper where, where is it? So this episode, I'm going to go with Trips by Reem, which is a really fun song. And like, particularly, there's a, a verse where it's like, we'll be okay, even when the sun goes down, wild and free, you and me, nobody around, let's escape the ordinary, leave our worries behind, make good use of our time. Like it just, it's very much, I think, where Dean and Cass are kind of at in that like, well, last night on Earth. And just the way that Dean has that, like... It, one of my favorite moments of the whole episode is Dean's laugh. And when he like lets himself be like, this is, I don't, I haven't laughed like this in years. Like that to me, even though there's like so many surrounding sad reasons for that, he gets a moment of joy and he doesn't get those often. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. Take it when we can get it. So Trips by Reem is my suggestion.
0: I love that pluto
2: so mine is a bit like on the nose slash heavy-handed we love that but it is free to be you and me by marlo thomas sung by the new seekers which is the uh where the episode title came from which i got i did a lot of research into So i'm excited to hear about (laughs) And by that, I mean, like, I read a bunch of articles about it. I was like, this is fucking, oh my God.
0: Oh, I'm very excited. excited. We love that.
3: So powerful. I had a feeling that this title, this episode title was a song reference. They they usually are.
0: Wonderful. Well, we'll hear way more about that once we get into the full episode discussion. What about you all? My choice this week is Bonnie and Clyde by Vance Joy. Also, you know, for some of the same reasons there's a I mean there's a Thelma and Louise references is very like it's this song is very much about like you know lovers on the run kind of vibes and I thought this song kind of suited that so yeah that's what I'm going with we love it now that we have this mixtape it is time for this week's hunt and today we are exploring as we said season five episode three free to be you and me and if you're just joining us for season 5 for the first time, one of the things that we have been doing over the past few years has we've been is that we have been talking about each episode through a theme. This season, we are using the supernatural tarot deck. We are pulling cards for each week and kind of using those to help guide our discussion. So, this week's card is the 2 of Blades, and I'm going to read the the card description and then Elena, our resident person who knows more about tarot, that is going to talk a little bit more about this card in general. But first I'll read from the, the Supernatural specific card. Yeah, is this a card where we can know
3: what's on the card? Or yeah, is it so this,
0: this card has uh, two angel blades on it. Uh, the visual. We will try and post a picture of this card to our Twitter this week to show you all what this card looks like, but here's the description. The Two of Blades represents a tough decision to be made, particularly in regards to your beliefs, convictions, and moral compass. This card advises you to stay true to yourself interesting in the context of an episode where Sam's being told a lot about his identity and who he you know really is and also is having to make kind of tough decisions about
3: yeah everything. what
0: to do everything, everything. <laughs> uh this season's been rough for Sam so far yeah just We're
3: just a little yeah
0: <laughs> well last season was rough for sam as well so <laughs> it's true just is there a season that hasn't been rough for either of them no no, yeah, no. <laughs> can't be said you're watching
3: supernatural <laughs> <laughs>
0: Elena do you have anything else just to add to this tarot card of course
3: You, you know I do um I I love I love that we're doing tarot this season I'm such a dweeb for it so this card uh generally it's so in in the uh traditional tarot decks this would be the two of swords so very similar two of blades two of swords the like Ye Olden Tarot deck depicts it as like a person who's like sitting on a beach and is holding two swords and they're kind of like crossed over one another and the person is blindfolded, which I think is pretty fun. Um, Kind of relates to like how I think the two of them are like not literally not seeing eye to eye at this point they're just very (laughs) separated and the card means like the the deck that i personally use it's got like some keywords to describe it and it uses like impasse stillness indecision and so i think that it's kind of an interesting choice for this episode because the two of them are like they've reached this impasse where they're they're separated they're like we can't do this together right now and What's kind of fun is, you know, we've been talking even prior to recording today, we we're talking a bit about like paratext and like looking at things from a larger perspective. And what's fun is that last week's episode was also part of the minor arcana and it was a two card, um which I think is really kind of cool that we had like the two of bones and this week we have the two of blades. And so it's kind of interesting to have a back to back of like the two, like in order. And both of them are kind of cards that are about like how separate the two of them are sort of seeing things. Damn. so yeah
1: I like it such cool. a can't believe I my one wish for season five at the for the recap was just want the boys to be working together and get on good terms and
0: nope <laughs> that, that. welcome to season five no it was really hard to listen to you be like I just really want their relationship to be better than it was at the in season four and and just know <laughs> <being> like, <"Well, laughs> you might have to wait for that a little bit
3: yeah no. you might have to wait a minute I
0: think so we uh, don't it cry not have Might not happen immediately. Well, that's a great segue into our main discussion of this episode. Does anyone have anywhere that they would like to start?
1: I would like to start with seeing Adrienne Palicki again, because love her, queen shit right there. Having her pop up as Jess was fantastic. Did not
0: forget she's in this one. Noah, you're our first timer. Any, like, first timer thoughts? (laughs) Some reveals in this episode. Some reveals,
1: some reveals, yeah. Uh, Sam being... Lucifer's vessel, obviously. Did you know is the that beforehand? One. I think I did because there were some, you know, posts about brothers brought up together, destined to fight each other you know, on separate sides of this holy war kind of thing. So I feel like I did know that, but I didn't remember it. So it's cool to see it, you know, here in person. But I really like that they're keeping the white logo. That they started doing at the finale of last season. To Mm. show that shit's all crazy now. Like everything's different on a base level. I really like that. I'm a little confused about the timeline of this episode.
0: Because (laughs) it starts
1: off with them in the bed. And then it goes to a week earlier. And then it doesn't really clarify (laughs) when they catch up. So,
0: oh, oh, I was on Beth and Jamie. I was on Driver Picks, the podcast for their discussion of this episode and we had the same conversation and I don't remember what we came, the conclusion we came to because we were also like really confused about the timeline.
1: It's gotta be so they could have Dean and Cass drive to Maine instead of teleporting there. Yeah. So, you know, they needed a week to, you know, I don't know. I
0: think it's like we've got the the flash. I think it's like it, those are the same, like the two dream sequences with Sam are the same night, but you've got of the conversation then they use the narrative device of like flashing back show us everything that happened leading up to that and then they finish the dream conversation which is insane like those are really you think so i think well when i talked to jamie and beth about it and we like looked at it we analyzed it that was the conclusion we came to that made the most sense
1: narratively speaking narratively
0: speaking i agree because it does not take a week to drive from
2: pennsylvania to maine so no, where they good.
1: started? They started in Pennsylvania.
2: They started yeah, in, yeah, in oh.
0: Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> I um, was hoping it was California. So I know because every time they're
0: in Pennsylvania, I'm like ah. Me <laughs> <laughs> I also scream. I'm like, oh. can you can you spell it out for the Canadian here? Uh, how <laughs> long does it take to drive from Pennsylvania to Maine? I don't Um, know. So
3: not, I don't have an exact time frame. I I bet you
1: it's less time it takes to get out of Texas. I have a more exact
3: one because I went there last year. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I took, so I took a a bus there. So mind you, there were a couple stops along the way, but it was about a 12 hour bus ride. Yeah, so if you're driving- like yeah, honestly, if you could like, like, yeah. diving, you could probably do it in like ten hours or so. Pennsylvania to Maine, like they're they're in the same region
2: vaguely, so like
1: eastern seaboard sort of. Yeah, yeah.
2: northeast, like it's they're close enough that it's like it would not take more than like three days. If, and even if you
1: stopped slow. and looked at yeah. all yeah. the sites along, yeah, the, along the way,
2: took a and like did overnight and stuff, <laughs> like
0: cool.
1: I think it's a dumb decision to burn all of Sam's fake IDs that's the, w- <laughs> the worst fucking call like you don't think those can be useful in any sort of way really okay
0: he needs a clean break Noah. he's like i am rejecting this life again
1: clearly based I'm on choosing
0: the job least suited to <laughs> me as a person i love when they just like set fires inside
2: they do that <laughs> yeah. twice this episode so and i'm cool. like How? like what are you doing I mean, I mean, they did not smoke alarms. <laughs> My favorite is when they do it in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> how did no one, like, and how long were they there?
3: Like, it seems like they were like, there. Geez, like, oh, oh, let me just adjust the blinds. No one will be able to smell this smoking oil on the floor. But it's holy I, like, No nurses are going to come in and check in on this patient.
0: Like, what the
1: <laughs> fuck? I think holy fire has follows different rules than regular
3: fire.
0: I've always sort yeah. of assumed that that's the case. But still, I, the hospital, the choice to do it in the hospital in general, fire or no fire, is a... Like, what was their plan
3: there? <laughs>
1: Demons leave behind sulfur. It's only fair if the angel's weapons leave something behind, too. So there should be some sort of smell or something.
3: Like, But the other thing is they would have had to put it out because yeah. he wouldn't have been able to get to the house otherwise. So it's, like, so, like, did you bring a mop, like, did, or did you just, like, extinguish it and then leave the scorched oil on the floor? It's like, a holy mop. I have questions.
2: And, like, my question is, like, why did they set the fire before he showed up? Like, that well, seems counterproductive. Well, I think they were planning on trapping him, so I guess that's why, but, like... yeah.
0: But it seems like that would have maybe cued him or in. Like, let's set the trap while yeah. he's immobile. Well, his vessel is immobile, so that if he comes and, and enters his vessel, he is immediately trapped. Which is, like, not a bad, not a terrible yeah. plan. It's a smart
3: plan. It's just stupid. <laughs> 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 they were planning on trapping
2: him in the house.
0: Yeah, so why are so they like, doing, trying to trap him in the hospital?
2: Like, I guess to throw him off his rhythm. But, like, what if he did show up in the hospital? Like, what was their plan then? <laughs> he could nuke the place. Like I don't <laughs> Yep.
1: <laughs> it was kind of odd that they it's Dean and Cass pulled back up to the house getting ready to go travel Raphael. Raphael thinking he's getting the drop on them. Dean even says, "Well, that's a waste of a day. I'm never getting back."
3: I think that was
2: part of it cuz they knew he would like be in there or like in case he wasn't there, like he's a fucking angel. He couldn't hear shit.
3: <laughs> like, well, was- I think it was probably they said it as a just in case, and yeah. like you know, they didn't know if they were actually going to need it. And so Dean's like, "Well, that was a waste of a day." And then they get back, and it's like, "Whoop, well, okay, guess like, we no, it did
0: work. We're prepared."
3: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> It's. I mean, it's a reckless, stupid yeah, plan. I yeah. Him, no matter which way you me. slice it. Yeah.
2: I mean, like Dean and Cass came up with it together. Of course, it's gonna be fucking reckless. Yeah. He they didn't have, have an have... ounce of self preservation.
3: But yet he still tries to go. It was his idea. Yeah, oh my god, Cass is safe. like <laughs> <laughs> you little.
0: Oh, he's like, I know, but shut up.
1: You didn't have to tell him that.
0: I
3: wow. we we're on the same side here. How dare you? That was, was have, that's one of their like one of my favorite like y'all are just husbands moments. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I did love when Cass showed up to Dean the first time, and
3: oh yes, Dean okay, turns yeah, around yeah. and they're
1: two inches away, and he said,
3: "Yeah,
1: Cass, we've talked about this. Personal space, beautiful." Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> would have loved to have seen that conversation.
3: Yeah. That would have been great. Why, you and everyone uh,
0: else in the Yeah, what context? In what context? In what? Yeah. How many times did this have to happen before Dean was like, "We like, talked like, about, about this." We have we we are sitting down having a conversation about appropriate amount of space.
2: And then my favorite thing is like, okay, I love I love this scene. I want to talk about it a lot, but like it's so funny because like two seconds later he recloses the space.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it feels very like I a token I need to like token say I need my space. It's a token protest. Yeah.
2: Because like he's used yeah. to like I think I think like that was something he would say because like Sam is there and he wants to like I don't know keep up appearances but like yeah. Okay, so the scene is like fucking insane to me because, like, first of all, when yeah, they start the conversation, anyway. Dean is like leaning on the counter, like literally holding a big knife at like crotch level, stroking it, and then he walks over to Cass, still hiding the knife, makes an explicitly queer reference to like, "What we're just Thelma and Louise, we're gonna hold hands and sail off this cliff together," still holding the knife, putting him and Cass in place of these like queer characters, like that everyone knows are like.
1: His face after after cast oh, doesn't yes. react to it.
0: Yes, he has this like, like moment oh, of like shit. disappointment and then, disappointment. then he, like, of like oh, of course he doesn't get this reference. Closes off
2: like distance himself physically as well as and like emotionally because cast didn't get this reference and that like he was flirting and then he puts the knife away and then mm-hmm. they have this serious conversation and I'm like okay, phallic like imagery <laughs> like <laughs> you know I never noticed the knife I didn't notice it until this watch through either but I was like. On.
1: that's what he's cleaning in the sink that would make yeah. sense okay
2: well no okay. he was cleaning his
0: jacket but then he started cleaning oh. the knife
3: mm. and then
0: he put it away yeah, so so, like, did not... after Cass didn't have the appropriate response to his flirting he then yeah. goes okay i'm gonna change tack um i'm gonna try we're gonna try something else yeah and,
2: like, I also love that scene because, like, even though Cass is very, like, abrasive in it. So something I love about this episode, like, why it's one of my favorites is I think it's, like, kind of, these are the first, like, little sprinkles of humanity we start to see in Cass that,
0: like, yes like, oh, yeah. that
2: is just his, like, series-long character development. And I think it starts here because, like, even though he's being kind of, like, very blunt and abrasive to Dean, like, when he's like, I need your help because you're the only one who will help me
3: leave.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a very human appeal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He's being so human, and it's he's being so, like, genuinely vulnerable with mm-hmm. Dean in that moment, even though he is still so, like, stiff and, like, rigid. Like, that's a moment of vulnerability, and I think that's the first kind of, like, hint of, like, him kind of adapting to humanity to where, like, it starts the journey of him becoming kind of this, like, hybrid creature of, like, he's an angel, but he's also... Like very human yeah and he doesn't really fit in each like in either world but he still always has a place with the Winchesters like kind of like I just ah. uh (laughs) and we we see more hints of it like later on in the episode where I'm like this is this is really sweet actually he's
0: exploring this humanity part well and I think it's really interesting that he gives this is the appeal he gives to Dean in this episode considering the last time he appealed to Dean it was this I'm hunted. I rebelled. I did it all of it for you. And that and is you like, failed. It, like, and you, <laughs> like, that was the appeal. Like that's the last time you appealed to Dean for help was this sort of like this also highly vulnerable, highly human kind of appeal, but on the more anger and betrayal sort of side of like, yeah. I've given everything and you failed this time. It's like, I need your help because you are the only one who will help me. It's appealing to like the relationship he has with Dean.
2: And it's like like highlighting the fact that like he chose Dean over everyone and like not, I guess, like weaponizing that against him, more so just like being like, I chose you. Can you choose me? Like yeah. oh.
0: being like, Oh boy. I'm oh totally normal about that sentence. Especially after the Thelma and Louise reference. Especially, Especially. after he's trying, yeah. he's trying like at Cast, you know, saying, I need your help because you're the only one who will help me is sort of recognizing is sort of acknowledging this the particular bond that they have in his own way you know yeah dean is recognizing dean is using pop culture as he always does to say you know this is the way i see our relationship and Cass is using his own yeah stumbling sort of humanity to be like i'm gonna appeal to your sense of connection well, what i me.
3: love is how like by the end of the episode it's like you're talking about you know how we see some very human moments from cast this episode and it's one of the first times is his line to Raphael like but today Ugh. you're my bitch that's the <laughs> oh my thing they do okay. so
0: much of that in this episode yeah. going taking each other's sort of phraseology Yuck. yeah yeah
3: and it's it, like that one in particular it's such a, a ridiculous thing to say but I'm like I was so I every time I watch it I'm so proud of Cass because I'm like yes yes you you go you have your little girl boss moment and I just love it
2: I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is a segue into this theory I have that like Dean and Cass fucked at least twice in this episode and then just like (laughs) never... Acknowledged it again, like not even any like cosmic influence keeping them from like touching on it. They just like decided like I'm never gonna, we're never gonna, like, we're not gonna. I mean, it was, this, it, again.
0: this is. I because, mean, it's like, a lot. La- it's a whole last night on Earth thing. That's very a uh, Dean sort of thing. And Cass is learning humanity from Dean, so if Dean's like last night on Earth, whatever you do doesn't count. We just do it, and then we don't talk about yeah. it. Cass is gonna be like, sure, that's that makes so, sense. Like, so it's-
3: in your theory, when did they hook up in this episode? Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing,
3: it <laughs> I need specifics.
0: Okay,
2: so like this this episode is the original. Fantastic gap. Oh, yes. Because it cuts from them in the alley leaving the brothel. To the morning when they're in the hospital, which begs the question. Cause Dean specifically says, like, you're not gonna die a virgin, not on my watch. So it doesn't work out in the brothel. We don't see what happens between the leaving the brothel and getting to the hotel. They fucked in the backseat of baby. Yes.
1: Except for him saying that it's the most fun he's had in years. And that and then he's like, huh.
0: Like after and that scene, cut. he cuts right to and the, the hospital. affection. Like he puts mm-hmm. his he puts his hand like right on Cass's like neck. And that's
2: another like, moment like, of like we see this like first getting humanity in cast because like Dean is laughing and he's experiencing this joy. And like you this is the first episode we see Cass Mile. Yep. I'm pretty sure because he has this little look. What? Like a real, real oh, yeah. No. Well, yeah. A Castiel.
3: yeah, Castiel. Yeah, a
2: real, a real like, like an actual smile. Like he, like a smile because this this I'm ha- cute happy. Cute little, like look on his face, like he's happy because he made Dean happy. So it's like this proud little, like oh, I did something right moment. And so he doesn't really get why Dean is laughing and why Dean is experiencing this joy. All he knows is that he made Dean happy. And that makes him happy. And then they get into the car and then we lose a few hours after Dean says, I'm not letting you die a virgin. And then they perform the ritual. So it's like they fucked in the backseat. And then after Cass's little, tonight, you're my little bitch. They also fucked in baby <laughs> after they drew up a bit, got away from there and then fucked again because that was really sexy. Oh yeah. And it, yeah,
0: What he, like, <laughs> like, what he said. <laughs> what he said. Like <laughs> he's, he's going. Oh, he's oh like okay. no, like blue screen. Like oh my god. Like, like you cast took charge. Cast got the job done. He's like, mm, I'm
1: <laughs> into that. Into I'm
0: ready to go. I'm raring to
2: go. And it's like also because in the scene where he's like, I'm not letting you die a virgin. It's like <laughs> the, the context of that's like two I, know. I know two things for sure. Okay. Um, one, yeah. Bert and Ernie are gay, and two, I'm not letting you die a virgin. So it's like I'm not letting you die a virgin.
1: If someone's mentioned they they are a virgin and have never had sex and then the very next thing you say is, oh yeah, these two iconic characters are gay. There's a connection there.
2: Like, yeah, I mean? like you're making a
0: connection in your brain uh-huh. because like Cass is Bert and Dean is Ernie. So it's like, Okay, that was going to be my next question. Was oh, Beth, Beth and Jamie and I had a whole debate about this on our on their episode. We have an, had an entire debate about which one of them was which. So what did you just say? I like missing. Saying Cass had, is so, Bert, Cass is Bert, and Dean is Ernie, and like
2: so I so okay yeah, that was that, that was also my yeah.
0: argument. No, that's rubber yeah.
2: duckies, right? This is where the rubber duckies come in. Like my friend Katie makes rubber, rubber duckies. duckies, and like she texted me the one day, and she and this is like a couple months ago. She was like, I think I mean, this is like out of the blue. So like as it dude, like be. I think it's funny that I use like like matching tattoos to like trap people into like lifelong friendships with me because like it's kind of awkward to not be friends with someone you have matching tattoos with anymore. Huh. Yeah. So like so anyway, I think our matching tattoos need to be fictionally gay. like that was her, like thing like we're getting matching tattoos um because you are like I'm trapping you. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, fictionally gay and it applies <laughs> to both of us. I was like, oh, I immediately was like, we should get Bert and Ernie rubber ducky tattoos. I didn't tell her it was because of this episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're like, Bert and Ernie
0: Argate, that's also cute. She does know now, and she's like, that's that's actually funny. It's funny because it's multiple levels. There's so many levels to why that's worse. Yeah, yeah. It's and
2: it's also because like she doesn't watch this show, so like our matching <laughs> tattoos are going to be in some way Destiel-themed, and she doesn't fucking
3: watch this show. Which is
0: also the most Destiel sort of fan <laughs> experience.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's very clown-nosed of you and I appreciate it. (laughs) She's like, okay,
2: so who's getting what? Like, do we get the ones that like represent us like on ourselves or do we get the ones that represent the other? I was like, well- you're Bert and I and Ernie, because but I did say this in the co- like in the conversation. So I think she did get that it was related because I was like, You're Bert, I'm Ernie, like Cass is Bert, and Dean is Ernie, because she's very cast coded and I'm very Dean coded, which is why I know like that is that's the dynamic there. <laughs> yeah. And no uh, one can change my mind.
0: <laughs> I okay, okay. I agree with you, and the reasons are are similar. I think that Bert. We get this like sort of very kind of stoic kind of personality. Takes a lot to like let loose. This very like held together, a little bit grumpy. Doesn't fully understand human customs. Like that's kind very different personality. <laughs> stiff. Yeah, that's kind of always has like
2: brown on his face, but like he still cat. has these moments of like he's obviously very fond of Ernie. Yeah, and he very cares for him very deeply. And like they share like a very unique bond.
0: Yes,
1: they share their life.
3: A very profound yeah.
1: bond,
2: one might
3: say.
0: Yeah, and Ernie and Ernie is just a hot mess. Like you watch yeah. Ernie, just a hot mess. Ernie is like loud and affectionate and messy and goofy, but also like kind of vulnerable child. and sensitive. And yeah, like it, it's. Mm. It's, yeah, I just think it works for them really well. Yeah. Should we Uh,
1: clarify that it's a Sesame Street reference in case there's people out there that. We are no,
2: characters her. from the children's program, Sesame Street. Iconic um, That started program. in the, I forget. The 60s, started in the 60s. It started in the 60s as a way to help low-income children kind of level the playing field when it comes to, like, education, mm-hmm. because there was that massive gap, and so they were trying to be like, everyone deserves access to learning. Here's this free public program television show that, like, you don't even need ke- cable to, like, watch. You just
0: PBS access
2: to a TV somewhere to help children learn, so yeah. it can like lo- like help diminish inequality. Yeah, in, a, in some way.
0: And Sesame Street has always been like educational, both uh, academic and also social emotional learning. It's always been a representation of communities. It's set in a neighborhood that is meant to like mimic a lot of like New York sort of style neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. It's they constantly bring in guests to it's
1: relatively diverse yeah. for mm-hmm. children's programs
0: yeah yeah has always oh, been a little been. bit on the forefront of like that for children's programs it was also started in the same similar era to like mr rogers their yeah. their contemporaries in terms of what they were both what they were trying to do and their era i have on my in my house i have this painting that i did like years ago that <laughs> that is it's burn <laughs> that is like a yes. rainbow it's the background is a rainbow flag and it's got Bert and Ernie on it.
1: Well done, honestly. It does too. come from
0: this quote. It is it is designed based on this quote. It sits in front of where I record. I will take a picture of it and post it on our socials.
3: Fantastic. I do like to, that show, I do like to just show
0: people this in my house. People will just come in and we'll look at it and be like, hmm, nice. And I'll be like, Bartner and you're gay. And I'll be like, Bartner and you're gay. The title
2: of the episode is obviously Free to Be You and Me. And as I mentioned in the mixtape portion of the podcast, um, the title comes from a song titled Free to Be You and Me, which is from an album or a children's entertainment project that I think it that like most. Yeah. And so Sesame again, the Street. Sesame
0: Street, that's, oh, that's beautiful.
2: Written and created by Marlo Thomas and a bunch of her creative friends. Marlo Thomas was a, is an actress and like social activist that was active in the um like 60s and 70s. It was an album, and then it was also a TV special. So the album came out in 1972. The special was in 1974, if I'm getting the years correct. I could be wrong. I am not great with years, despite the fact I was a history major. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so it focuses on um, kind of like post-60s gender neutrality, individuality, (laughs) acceptance, tolerance, and to read directly from the wiki page you pulled up, comfort in one's identity. <laughs> fucking so kidding? It, Interesting. Very. Um, huh. And in the so, in the song, the title song, there are lines. Every boy in this land grows to be his own man. I feel as like that in this land, every girl grows to be her own woman. Take my hand, come with me where the
1: children take are free. Take my hand.
2: Take, come with me. Take my hand, and we'll <laughs> run. And you and me are free to be you and me. So it's very much promoting like individuality and like kind of
1: self discovery.
2: Yeah. I think it's particularly Uh. relevant in this episode because this is the first time that like Dean is away from his family. And he talks about this in the end where it's like he's been so shackled by his family that like he hasn't been able to be happy. I think Mm -hmm. this is him like trying to figure out who he is outside of this role of like brother, mother, father that. John forced on him that like Sam sees him as and then just like the the hyper-masculine soldier that John tried to mold him into, Mm -hmm. which is why I think he's making these, like, very explicitly queer references to Cass because he's, like, kind of trying to, like, be himself and, like, recognize that the queerness is part of that. So he's, like, kind of trying to bring it to the forefront while also doing it in, like, kind of a joking or semi-aggressive manner. Um, And it's interesting he's doing it with Cass.
0: And he knows Cass doesn't get every human reference like so Cass is kind of a safe way to explore that because Cass doesn't get innuendo and Cass doesn't get pop culture references so Dean can explore that explore how that feels for him to like say yeah. things like well we're going to hold hands and sail off into the sunset together like he can say things like that Well, Sam
3: tends to be a little judgy of his references yeah. and so it's nice to make references to somebody who is just going to continue to stare at him in the same manner that he's always staring at him You and, know, yeah, I, don't,
2: I don't think like Dean would have made those references in front of Sam either they're so
0: obviously clear yeah. as they're well they're
2: so very it's it's very like he is finally free to be himself Mm -hmm. and he's trying to figure out what that means and like I just kind of like started thinking about like because this is like a really popular project that like kind of defined a generation of kids and like he would have like kind of grown up with this or it would have been like something he had access to came out in 72 yeah and it was like still like very popular like in the 80s and stuff like people like teachers would use it in school or like so i imagine like i don't know him like being in like the lower grades and like a teacher playing this or them watching the tv special in class or like i don't know finding the album at a library or something and i just imagine like little dean listening to this oh. and like especially there's this um there's a uh, a song titled It's All Right for Boys to Cry that's sung by, like, a famous football player at the time. And then there's a song called William Has a Doll, which, like, in one of the articles I read about this, um, Thomas was like, I've had a lot of, like, gay men stop me on the street and being like, I... Like you saved my life. Like I listened to William has a doll when I was a kid and I was like, okay, like I'm I'm going to be all right. Wow. So I just kind of imagine like Dean listening to this and like the messaging being kind of completely opposite to what John was trying to instill in him and like wanting it to be like his life to be in this land where he's free to be himself and he gets to grow into his own man, but like never having access that to, until this moment in his yeah. life. It's been dormant those things, and he revisits it, and he kind of like
0: I don't know. I just that's I, really that's really touching
1: cool. in a very very good way. Damn, I so badly want to know who approved this like title. You know, like okay. who came okay. up with Okay, okay. So that. here's
2: the thing: this episode is written by Jeremy Carver, and I'm sure August knows how I feel about Jeremy Carver.
0: Yes, but do tell tell for the rest of us, the rest of people I, listening.
2: So Jeremy Carver ran the show from like season eight to. 12 well I think it's
0: 8 to 12 yes. yeah I've 8 to 11 8 to 11 or 8 to 12. It, it's around there You've so heard like, great <laughs> have you heard great things about <laughs> no, season 9 from Noah no. I hate season 9 I talk about I hate season, I hate nine. season I hate 9 I hate it oh, so cute. much I'm so glad but like awesome really the season
2: 9, <laughs> season nine finale is one of my favorite episodes of the show though it's very complicated
0: we'll talk about this at another point um uh, yeah, when yeah, we're so not gonna get into it but like I hate season 9 yeah,
2: Jeremy Carter wrote the episode, and he is, first of all, he's the only one who understands how to use, like, properly object by Misha Collins. Like, because up until this point in Misha's <laughs> career, like, he was, like, hot guy, you know? Mm-hmm. He was the guy you casted when you want your, your character, your female character to have, like, a one-night stand or something. Really?
0: Yeah, yeah. Look at his early roles. <laughs> you look at his yeah. early roles, and it's like, oh, yeah. As entirely yeah. his typecast, supernatural was a strange one for him. Okay, yeah. and like there's an interview
2: I think with him and Jeremy Carver around the time season five air, like from season five I think, where he like if I am remembering correctly, I could be remembering this wrong. Like he literally calls Misha like a hottie with a body.
3: Yeah, I've seen that clip. And That's like the only times me.
2: we see Cass shirtless are either in episodes Jeremy Carver wrote or when he was the showrunner. <laughs> And so I love Jeremy Carver because he gets cast and like he uses him well, and so the fact that like Jeremy Carver wrote this episode with very explicitly queer references, directed toward like from Dean directed towards Cast, mm-hmm. and like you have these implications of like, well, it didn't work out at the brothel, but Dean said that Cass isn't going to die a virgin, so Not no matter I his what. Watch. cut scene,
3: mm-hmm. cut mm-hmm. scene,
2: they're performing the ritual, so it's like what happened in between there. You've got time. There's time in
0: there. Okay. Yeah, there's
2: time in there, and then you have the the episode title B a reference to this very popular and like progressive and like prolific mm-hmm. children's entertainment project that was literally created by an actress and social activist who like wanted who was like looking at the the books that like her 5-year-old niece were reading at the time and was like I want this child to have something that like isn't going to take her like 30 years to unlearn like the gender mm-hmm. roles and stereotypes mm-hmm. being promoted in these books so I'm going to I'm going to make something to do that for her five-year-old niece, and the fact that it's like a reference to this, where it's like it's okay for boys to cry, and men can be their own men, and women can be their own women, and you don't have to fit in these roles. You can be who you want to be, and the fact that there is a song on it that is so meaningful to queer men specifically, especially in an era where it's like in the eighties and nineties, like during like like That's you know the height of the
3: AIDS crisis. Yeah,
2: exactly. So it's just kind of like I, it just I'm really glad I decided. To look into the
0: title. Me too. This yeah. is like <laughs> such a add adds so much richness to this this episode. And even to like the burton and Ernie comment, like this adds this richness to it because it's not the only children's media reference. And yeah. again, to provide some extra context for maybe those who aren't as familiar with burton and Ernie, these two characters are characters that live together, that do things, are do most only of their lives together. together. Like yeah, they share a bedroom. Solo. Yeah, they share like a bedroom. The Toad and Frog of Sesame Street. Yeah, they are. That oh. is like a perfect parallel. And toad and like frog and toad are they're gay. Gay are canonically they're like, like actually gay. Like, actually, <laughs> like, like it's explicitly the creator has talked about their them being gay. Um, and Bert and Ernie like, have him. the same vibes. Like Bert yes. and Ernie are this like old have this old married couple energy. And this old married couple care for each other. Like, I think as a child, like watching Bart and Ernie without any of this context, like without knowing that, like watching Sesame Street, like that relationship was always one that was really important to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting as I look back and I go, oh, okay, it was normalizing and giving like a visual and a representation to this kind of queer relationship. Yeah. In, in a children's, in like a very non like this is, like, they're puppets and they're, it's children's media. So it's not like this hypersexualized sort of kind of relationship. Like that's never what Bert and Ernie were. About. meant to portray they were yeah. meant to portray this like but they were I've they always portrayed this like
3: deep intimacy that is very queer yeah I think it's so interesting I'm in the last couple of episodes that we've recorded like I'm I'm fascinated to discover like how many references Supernatural holds to pieces of children's media like because apparently Monster at the end of this book also was a Sesame is also a Sesame, Sesame, Street Sesame Street reference, reference. we just Love had it. that I not know, that. know I, there's just something that I think really wholesome and like fascinating about like these kinds of references and and how they're impacting like this show that is is very not a children's show oh. <laughs> at all but like it's it's drawing from these very simple kinds of like universal stories that we try to tell the children
1: it's it's not just that but they're taking all these these queer references to children's media and whatnot that are very self-identification grow as you should and however you want to they're taking that and they're also taking christianity and all of that and flipping it on its <laughs> head and saying oh well you know you think the angels are good huh no like it's very yeah. interesting
0: they doing a lot of subversion yeah like this show is so layered yeah i also do like that
2: the references they make to the children's media are children's media that would be readily
0: accessible to
2: children mm-hmm. living in poverty mm-hmm. yes and that yeah. they could see anywhere
0: they are in the country. Yeah. yeah. They're ones that Sam and Dean would be, would have had access to
3: as children. It's a good touch. Probably some of the only stuff they would have had access yeah. to. Is-
1: yeah. Bringing it back to the episode a little bit, <laughs> the line that Raphael has, okay, well, sorry. First of all, Teenage Mutant Ninja Angel is such a great, such a great line. <laughs> Love that.
2: Right? <laughs> you got wasted, <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: wasted by a teenage <laughs> mutant. Oh, God is so good. But whenever he, when they've got him captured at the end and he tells them that God is dead, okay, interesting, fascinating. But then his reasoning for that is reasoning that I've heard people in the street use for reasons that they don't think that God is real. You know, have you seen the 20th century? Have you seen the 21st? Do you think God would just let that stuff happen? Very interesting.
2: I also forgot until i did this rewatch like how genuinely sympathetic of a character raphael was like he was still an asshole but like it to continue the narrative of children's media like he puts the angels in the position of being like scared kids that don't know what to do after they've been abandoned by their father Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he would like he was so good in this episode the actor is amazing um they kind of ruin him later on but like I thought it was so, like, okay, like, it, it gives understanding as to why the angels are doing this in the first place, because, like, They're tired and they're scared and they
3: don't know what to do. And their dad is. They run on orders and they have no orders anymore.
0: Yeah, and they also and like they simultaneously have this sort of like God is dead. It doesn't matter what we do. But also this like careful. That's my father. You're talking about. Yeah. Like Dean, you don't get to say anything about my father. I think which is also such a like fascinating parallel to the way we've seen Dean talk about John, where he's like, "You, I can question his orders. I can." question the way he raised me but if anyone else speaks against him I will defend him because that's the kind of fucked up dynamic that we have and I think it's really interesting to see that kind of mirrored in the angels like Raphael yeah
2: also talking about God as an absent father (laughs) speaking of absent fathers so like I don't know okay so like are we aware of like the I don't even know if we can call it a fan theory because I think this came directly from (laughs) Jensen Ackles mouth that like Dean <laughs> used to be like a survival sex worker basically yeah and, he's, okay. and he had to do that as a young yeah young man So like my 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 idea is like honestly especially after watching it again like thinking about this like I honestly think like the time he participated in survival sex work the most was during like the pre-series like Stanford era because he specifically mentions like that line i know he's saying it jokingly but like in the brotha where he's like this entire industry runs on absent fathers yeah that's mm-hmm. personal um, that's not just yeah, him that's speaking personal about experience. that's not him
0: speaking particularly about just about the women in this situation he's that's that's personal yeah.
2: and then like him having a conversation like later on with Cass, being i am you know i know a thing or two about missing slash absent fathers Mm -hmm. it's
3: like like in the same episode really really jeremy Mm -hmm.
0: and i think it's so interesting he gives like that gives him this sympathy for Cass's continual search because he says you know all logic he says i know something about absent fathers all logic like there were times with my dad where all logic said he was dead i'm on my own i'm surviving on my own but i know in my heart that i like i knew in my heart that he was alive and so that holding out like dean spent so much time i think of that stanford era holding out hope that john is alive that john hasn't Abandon him. That John will return, but it's also this like very futile hope because of the like situation John has left him in, and so he ha- has this empathy for Cass. Who is like, no, I'm convinced God is alive and I'm not going to give up on him even if he is an absent father.
3: And the way he encourages Cass in that moment always just like hits me right in the the feelings.
0: Yeah. He encourages like, Cass okay. to go and find him even if just it's just based on Cass's belief. You know, Cass says, I believe he's out there. Dean says, good, then go find him. And like, yeah. that's not a, a guarantee that when you find God, that that'll be a good thing. Which I think is like what we saw with John is like, when you find your your absent father, it actually just reveals that he's a shitty absent father. Yeah. But at least you've found him. At least you have the answer. You have the
3: truth then. Not a Winchester's reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the way that Cass is just gone when Dean turns back hurt. <laughs> that shit hurt. <laughs>
3: Oh, I actually...
0: Right after Dee's like, boat. oh, now that I'm alone, hell, I'm happy. Turns around, Cass is gone.
2: Uh, the way, I think I literally, I have a note. Cass pulling an Irish goodbye, we have to stand. <laughs> I uh-huh. <love> that.
1: <laughs> not even an Irish goodbye. It's like in the middle of conversation. <laughs> <It's>
0: like... <laughs> and he does that all the time. Oh God, I want... He has not figured out the social cue of like, you need to say goodbye because otherwise people think you're kind of a dick
1: or and yeah, let them finish like, their sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like the uh, conversation uh, the important part of the conversation is done. <laughs>
3: so he's just sort of like talking. I guess I can dip out now. He's
1: zoned out.
3: This was something I had noticed in this watch in particular, because I always watch stuff with the subtitles on.
1: Always, constantly. And so,
3: it, like, I always <laughs> love pointing out when the editors do the Lord's work. And I feel there was a moment of that at the beginning of this episode in the montage that's set to Simple Man uh <laughs> by Leonard Skinner, which, first yeah. of all,
1: Montage, of love it.
3: So there's the, the line where it says, you know, uh, go find a woman and you'll find love. And then it cuts to Dean like washing the car. And then the line is, there's someone up above and it pans across the empty front seat of the car to Dean's face. And I just, yeah. I need it to, yeah. to point out specifically that like there's someone up above and it it cuts to the very seat that Cass is going to be sitting in it later in the episode and then disappears from. I just have yeah. Yeah.
0: We have not talked like at all about the sam of this episode. Obviously, the sam. I love that.
1: I thought his storyline was super interesting. Yeah, having... so
0: I w let's talk about it. Noah, you can give some of your thoughts on it specifically. So
1: him going off on his own and, and starting a job at a bar, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. He's trying to lay low. No big deal.
0: It's the least suited job for Sam Winchester. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's gotta he's gotta be helping <laughs> like, someone. Now,
0: do you want yourself to be miserable?
1: Yeah, he does. He he says that later on when he's talking about you think it's gonna hate make you hate me less, hate myself less? Nah.
0: He's trying yeah. to do penance. Um
1: having hunters blow his cover and then talk to him about that and then coming back after getting told by demons that he started the apocalypse
3: so oh, I fucking hate those hunters. Like, if he wanted to lay low, he should have gotten a job at, like, a smoothie bar or something. Somewhere no hunter hunters gonna are go
1: never going to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: like, on. a dive bar. Like, come <laughs> on. like
1: That's step one when you go to a new town. You check out the dive bars, okay? Get the information. Of but then you don't,
0: go. like, work at them if you are a hunter. Yeah. <laughs> You're an ex-hunter.
1: You're trying to avoid hunters? It's a terrible move.
0: Also, uh, I would like to 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 give um a maybe a Jamie-style PSA uh, about... Lindsay in this episode, who makes a lot of very questionable decisions related. Well, like, yeah. Very
2: annoying. I,
0: yeah. I okay I rewatched this episode not very long ago to talk about it with Jamie and Beth, and then rewatched it again last night to talk about it for this show. And I, just Lindsay, I'm like, literally, like all my notes are like Lindsay, like stop asking him about his mysterious and obviously dark backstory. Lindsay, stop pushing his boundaries when he's clearly made it clear he doesn't want to talk. Lindsay, why do you why are you so infatuated with this obviously like you ass man like please make better who decisions. you've
1: known for at most five days like, like yeah yeah it,
0: you don't need to be you are way too invested in this person who you don't really know and who is obviously messed up in some like
3: yeah because like supernatural, I feel like there's so many instances of like you know the fandom like hating on like women characters for no good reason and just being like oh well like you know they I'm just making shit up but this one I'm like no she's just not a well-written character don't no. enjoy her. it
2: She's one of those characters that, like, doesn't feel like a real character in the no.
3: way that, like, to me, like, a real person.
0: No real woman is, like, making these super not very smart decisions. Especially if she's sober. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, like, if you think he's in the mafia, you are, like, not going to be like, okay, tell me more. Yeah. I want to get more caught up in this situation.
1: I really thought she was going to be revealed at the end as the Lucifer reveal that happened with Sam. I thought that was going to be Lindsay instead.
0: that would have been oh. fascinating if they had done yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah, would have been
1: She was someone in disguise or...
2: It wouldn't have fit Lucifer's MO of appearing as, like, lovers, love- no, no.
0: As dead lovers. <laughs> missing lovers. <laughs> if you
3: know, um, you know. Joyce
0: is made. I will say, like, it's Sam's very, like, the very, like, boy-king Sam energy is really strong at the end of this episode I do always like when we get a good like Sam moment um in that vein I think it's really and I think it's always really interesting when they explore that part of his character that's that struggle between am I a good person am I a bad person what am I destined to you know that whole thing that at that conversation at the end about can people change is there a reason for hope her saying that i felt like
2: such an asshole because it's like no one's ever done anything so bad and i like out loud to my computer i was like what about hitler though yeah like, i also there had are that definitely
0: like, like i was like what like, mm. are you talking about i was like you can change but like you don't necessarily get forgiven for everything that's not how yeah
2: bad. <laughs> like people have done some pretty bad things as Raphael mentioned
1: <laughs> i really liked you know in in Sam having that hope for people being able to change, they straight up poured demon blood down his throat or in his mouth, yeah. and he spat it back it's out really, and resisted. Really
0: hard scene to. It's a really hard scene it was to watch. Rough. I find.
1: It was really rough. Yeah.
0: When you think about the addiction metaphors that have been yeah really strong with this, especially with Lindsay like bringing Sam. that
1: all back up and back to the present, and him fighting that back and taking down the hunters without using any powers of any sort is very impressive. It is definitely a yeah. sign of him growing and changing.
2: I did like at the beginning of the episode when said first talking to Jess kind of talking about how like he's trying to be like normal and she's like you know how that ends and he's like well this is different like this time I know I'm a freak and
0: I'm like oh it hurts that hurts actually the contrast of that with his like Stanford era where he's like he's like no I'm going to be normal like I'm just going to shove all of it down whereas this time he's not trying to even with like Lindsay he's not trying to say oh no I don't have a dark past he's just saying like I'm not I very clearly don't want to fucking talk about it like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> she's like, he's like, like I know I know I'm I know I'm a freak I know I'm a bad guy I know all these things I've done and I know they're not just going to like get erased so I'm just going to try and like make do penance for them
2: also like her being like you finished that crossword puzzle that means you're obviously highly educated it's I, like,
0: I also I also had that note I was like, like shut up, up. like that's not
2: yeah. how people, education like, works not or educated people Educate, like formally educated people could still do a fucking crossword puzzle i know it's I know like know. hard but like that doesn't that, that also, doesn't necessarily not... co- like connect like it's no, not it's... it's not
1: always about education it's just about context and like where you were at
3: like oh i saw that you guessed the wordle in two guesses you must be achieved like <laughs> yeah, yeah you yeah. must have gone to harvard like
0: <laughs> also it's like you just like way to stereotype and be like oh you work at a bar and you do the crossword like those are those that, that means there's something strange about you i'm like very <laughs> mysterioso
3: <laughs> I'm like, okay so <laughs> just no.
1: probably fans of wrestling oh, okay. <laughs> um, wow.
3: thanks for that note i got but you
1: also
0: i i think this is important to like talk about and i want to hear noah's thoughts on it particularly because this is like one of the first longer conversations we get with lucifer and like lucifer talking to sam at the end where he mm. is you know he says like my heart breaks for you the weight on your shoulders like what you've done what you still have to do if there was another way but there isn't i will never lie to you i will never trick you it has to be you sam it always had to be you and i want to hear about what how noah feels about now that we have like gotten some content from lucifer what do you think
1: i think it's going to be very very formative for sam to be able to put a reason behind everything bad that's ever happened to him you know before it was him being destined to start the apocalypse but that's just making him feel even worse. But if it was because Lucifer wanted him as his vessel and that's been negatively affecting things throughout the course of history, and hey, that that could help him reconcile that a bit. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, if it's like a bloodline thing versus like anything he's done specifically, yeah,
1: he's still been fighting to go against that. But you know, it's in his. But also, like genetics. I don't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, that's, that's a,
1: it's a weird argument too because it, it's not taking, it's not making an excuse for anything that he did. But
0: it's saying there's been forces. I mean, since for Sam's entire life, since he was six months old, there's been forces that have been manipulating him.
1: Well, but this for would their even own be purposes. before the six months before the demon yeah, blood be like- was
0: it always was
1: like it always had to be the
3: whole thing with mary
1: yeah mary just ever like
3: like poor sammy was kind of doomed before he started yeah this seems like a
0: good place to move into our going meta section this is where we're talking lore talking about representation behind the scenes trivia and anything else that we think is important first off we have our uh, representation check
1: Rep check.
0: We talked a bunch about the queer stuff in this episode. We've talked about the portrayal of Lindsay. I don't know if there's anything else particularly representation. Disappointing
1: portrayal of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of relationship dynamics about fathers and whatnot. I really liked seeing Cass nervous. Nervous as hell and out <laughs> of his element. That was so fascinating.
3: He's so cute. Yeah. He's scared. He's <laughs> well Collins for your like. He should get an Emmy for his performance of Gay Panic. So yeah. good.
1: It was so good. It was being pushed up to a situation where you got to do something with a woman, but you have no interest in that, and it's like, uh okay. Loved it.
2: And you're like being pressured by the guy. You actually kind of uh-huh. want to do these things, and with, you want but to you impress don't understand him. Understand that, like, you're like you have these like feelings that you don't like understand but yeah. like yeah like th- what is happening goes against what your your
0: desires are but you don't like and the guy himself was like making all of these comments at you and then took you here. Yeah he's like don't make me push you and Cass is like please do you're not gonna die of yeah. and then he's like let's go and it's like <laughs> you're like what's happening? What's happening?
1: That was very interesting to see. I like exploring that side of Cass.
2: I also thought it was really cute that he like chugged the beer because like he knows damn well that's not going to do anything to him. He's just imitating human behavior he's seen being through. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, cute. So get this. I was looking into the lore. Uh, the biggest thing I think we have, yeah, is obviously vessels and the fact that we now know that both Sam and Dean are vessels for archangels,
1: diametrically opposed.
0: And we
3: have the establishment of a pattern of mm-hmm. like Lucifer appearing to people as their, you know, deceased love interests. So mm-hmm. just something interesting
0: to note. No biggie. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, just said Noah, like they're diametrically opposed. The vessel, like the archangels, they're, they're on, they on a are collision on Opposite course. sides of this war.
1: It's it, it's not good. It's not not pleasant. Not fun. We had a lot of conversations with Raphael about how they, the angels think God is dead.
0: Will be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: such a long pause for such a subtle, vague response. Okay.
3: <laughs> what am I supposed to say no, now?
1: No, oh, you're doing what? great.
3: Fine. We're all fine here. How are you? Everything's cool, you know.
1: But I would also say that Raphael's conversation implies that nobody has seen God for at least a hundred and plus years, you know, since the twentieth century minimum. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yep. That is interesting. And we will
1: I would like to know more about the hunters' fights, whenever they went off in between seeing Sam and how one of them died and whatnot and how they got that violet demon blood. But I wanna I wanna know, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see that bit.
2: Yeah. Okay. Also, something I thought a lot about while watching this episode is, like, I feel like both Supernatural, the show, and then also the world it takes place in, like, moved on way too quickly from the apocalypse like (laughs) the next season it's like nothing happened but like you're in it you're watching it and it's like people are like tearing each other to shreds their entire towns that are like killing each other yeah like
0: like this is big news stuff this is stuff that would like dramatically change the 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 country the foundations of like civilization and it's just
2: nothing like I it's we so... had a
1: global pandemic and <laughs> people walk around like nothing Listen, happened. So
0: you fucking like I, I
2: understand that, but also there are like structural changes that have resulted from that. Like and those losses are felt or changes are felt, but like there's there is nothing. <laughs> At least like with this, like people are acknowledging it's like reacting like this never happened, but it did. <laughs> in that world, it's like, like, well, like, like what? Wait, what, an what apocalypse. What? Like, like, was <laughs> Uh, damn it was so it's very interesting because it's like on the news and like yeah. the bartender's like well, is it just me or is it like the world well, is ending which he like suggests that. that like more of these stories have been on the news like leading up to mm-hmm.
1: this
3: so it's like what the fuck like
1: so much of it
3: damn
1: <laughs> Raphael being able to black out the entire eastern seaboard
3: nothing That's pretty yeah cool. nobody mentions that
1: i feel like that would definitely have been a big story yeah
0: <laughs> been news yeah you know how
1: half the country just like blacked out for a second that's his weird.
0: wings were so cool though oh, i no? always forget okay. i love him
3: Dope i wanted to say
0: that like block. the effect the lightning wing effect is like one of the coolest i think in the entire history of the show like i think it's one of the yeah. coolest visuals
1: it looked so cool i really it, it took me a second to realize that he wasn't like just drawing in electricity but it was actual wings and ah it was
2: it's really gorgeous. cool and it was an interesting way to, like, differentiate, like, the archangels from, like, seraphs. Mm. Like, they mm-hmm. have different wings. Yeah.
0: You get a sense of, like, the power and the, yeah, the difference. I also really like, in terms of, like, visual effect, I really like the way they do the the Ring of Fire. that yeah. Trap angels. Like, I think the Holy Oil and Fire. I think that effect visually, like, this is one of the first times we've seen it. And it looks so cool. Yeah. And it's just so, like, visually. It's a
1: great setting for any sort of dramatic conversation you know, dark area, of fire <laughs> in the bottom. like.
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so that it is now time for our last and often our favorite part of the episode, which is our character blessings. Noah, do you want to start us off? Who do you want to bless this week?
1: I'm going to bless my boy, Bobby, because he has a very limited run in this episode, but it's powerful and he he makes sure that Sam is taken care of either way. He's trying to reach out and protect him, even though he can't do much himself. So blessings to Bobby.
0: Good. Um, Pluto, do you have someone in mind? Cass. Yes, good. It's always going to be Calf.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my baby boy is going through it. <laughs> he really
0: is. He really is. I think he's handling it very well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
3: Uh, Elena. So I I also wanted to bless Cass, but since you also can bless, I'm going to bless Chastity because I think she's really going through it. Um, after, you know, realizing that it's not her fault that, you know, Jean hated his job at the post office. And I think that, you know, she's probably going to need some therapy after that <laughs> interaction. So so blessings to Chastity. I hope she's doing well. Um, And I hope that she finds out that she's a lesbian. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> that was such an insane
2: moment. And I like the implications that, like, angels can just know things about your past. Yeah. Yeah. Even things that, like, you don't know just by looking at you yeah yeah like where
0: does Cass get this information does he go looking for it
2: yeah does he quickly blip out for a second like
0: what's like how does he know this yeah that is a kind of insane lore related thing actually i
1: i really just remembered i that's another lore thing i wanted to mention is the fact that dean says he didn't poop for a week (laughs) it's fucking hilarious
0: (laughs) that was rough Uh, yeah buddy a week. Yeah, I can understand the the desire to not get zapped places after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it also kind of makes me
2: wonder, like, what kind of, like...
1: Science goes behind
2: What you. is it like? Like, how do angels travel that it affects the human body that much? And, like, I don't know. Because I think because they're just, like, wavelengths, they probably, like, dematerialized... <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> i imagine yeah. it's something like in uh in willy wonka when they like you know they get zapped into little particles and then float above the thing and then rematerialize how does it work in star trek because i feel like it's something
0: like beam me up yeah it's like basically dematerializing and rematerializing. yeah that's gotta be rough on the human body yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't it's, it's not tend to feel good no yeah
1: August, what about you? Who do you want to bless?
0: I want to bless Dee, because my boy for trying really hard to get across that he wants to have sex with Cass without actually, yeah, but actually so using hard. his words. He did try so hard. And he I think he so succeeded hard. twice. So. I think, oh, I think he does as well. You know, so kudos to him for trying all of his funny little pop culture innuendos and ultimately, you know, getting some. Yeah. He does it. He does it in this episode. Very proud of him for that. I guess that's <laughs> the, like, blessings to Cass for getting laid. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am so on board with your your theory of them doing it twice in this episode. Had never considered that, but I'm on board. <laughs> that good old fanfic gap is <laughs> coming in clutch for us.
2: It really is. So many things about this episode that make me insane. And that is one of them. Because <laughs> it's like just the implications of like, you're not going to die a virgin, but then it doesn't work with the sex worker. So it's like- it's- well-
0: yeah. <laughs> like, what options does that leave you? Five. We are in season five. Cass has been around for one
3: season. <laughs> like, well, we were episodes. just talking about that on the last episode because August, you were like, you didn't realize just how explicit. It's just, it's so dead. This so is so that early on.
2: So, like, I actually have like a theory about that because, like, I've been, I. I've been thinking about this for the podcast. It's just been like brought to it, like something turning, because like this was supposed to be the last season. So I feel like they just went yeah. like balls to the walls with the homoeroticism because they oh, never yeah. thought they were going to have to deal with it. Right. No consequences.
3: You know, last
2: season on earth and
3: all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then, they're then gonna they got have renewed. To- And they were like, season
0: six, like, okay, we got to do something with this. And then they make some very interesting choices in season six. And it'll be very interesting to see some of those choices when we get there. Uh,
3: For many reasons.
2: Yeah. Many reasons. So many interesting, interesting
3: things. Uh, Oh, no. Brace yourself for season six. That's Mm -hmm. all I'll say.
0: (laughs) For now, that is all we have for today. Thank you so much to all of my co-hosts and especially Pluto. Thank you so much for coming on today. Mm -hmm.
3: It's a blast to have you. Thank you for having me. This is
0: wonderful. I'm very excited for everyone to hear this episode. It was great I'm excited for it
3: to come out. You brought brilliant discourse.
0: Thank you. I'm glad that like
2: you respond. I, I decided to like, just like say, fuck it and tweet out like, Hey, a lot of people who have supernatural podcasts, follow me. I want to be on. This. I'm like, <laughs> so glad you did. Um That's my <laughs> yeah. favorite
0: way to have. Cause it was funny. Cause I, when you did, when you saw it, I was like, great. I've been looking for an opening. Cause I will also see people who are like big in supernatural TikTok or Twitter. And I'll be like, Oh, I would love to have this person on. Mm, let me think about, can I message them? Is it weird if I message <laughs> them? So I love when they give me opportunities.
2: <laughs> it's great. I am like so happy when you and Beth
3: responded I was like <laughs> live your dream you have to live out listen your dream. If, if I had if I had held on to that fear of it is it weird if I asked to be on their podcast we'd have had a very different year this past year <laughs> <laughs> very, true. very true well Pluto
0: do you want to tell us uh tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet
2: yes my tiktok is spidey highlighty I am variably really active on there. If you want to see me be very regularly unhinged, follow me on Twitter, which is at e65gwenstacey, which does not allow for a lot of coherency among across platforms. But I'm also <laughs> never changing that at.
0: They're both fantastic candles. So, so like, I need people to know up. that
2: I'm obsessed with Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider Gwen. I wrote my undergraduate thesis about her. So that that's staying. But yeah, e 65 Stacy or you can just type in Queerbait Scholar, or if you literally just type in Queerbait into the search bar, because my name is Queerbait Scholar, my tweets show up regardless of what they're about. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I learned that a couple months ago and I was That's like, oh.
0: <laughs> Very funny, actually. We will link to both what, of those. What a legacy, things.
2: honestly. Also, my Tumblr is Highlighty too. I never use it, but it's there.
0: There we go. There we go. Yeah, well, thank you again. And... We will be excited to have you back in in season six. Oh, you! Yeah.
3: Very excited. So Very excited.
0: You, if you want, if you aren't already, you can make sure you are subscribed to Saving People, Queering Things, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you so desire to share our show with your friends, that would be amazing.
1: You can find links to all of our social media and join our Discord server through our website, QueeringThingsPodcast.com.
3: And if you are all caught up on Supernatural and want to go back to before the beginning, you can listen to August, occasionally myself and our friends Beth and KJ over on Wayward Parents, where updates are at Wayward Parents on Twitter and on Tumblr At Wayward Parents Pod,
1: be sure to ride along with us next week as we explore Season Five, Episode Four: The End, with our good friend Valerie.
3: So excited!
1: I'm
0: very, very, very excited about it. Thank you all so much for coming along for the ride, and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again.